It's coming through your soul. And this is what the most important part you guys need to hear about astrology. When you ask what to look at, we get so caught in the details of astrology. It's very simple for my system. Is the soul operative? Are you letting yourself work through your rising sign? Because that's the doorway to your evolution. Hello, Gemma, it is Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a podcast for the creative and the curious soul, and happy end of 2022, merry end of 2022. I hope you've enjoyed the holidays, if you celebrate them, or if you don't, I hope that you at least have been allowing yourself to rest and recharge as we move into 2023. I know for myself, I'm resting and recharging. In fact, I'm not going to have an episode next week, next Monday. So this is the last episode for the next few weeks. So I hope that you enjoy this magic. I feel this episode was meant to be the last episode of 2022 because it ignites myself and Hopefully many of you to dive more deeper into exploring more of our human and our soul using the stars. <laughs> and I love this quote from today's guest that I want to share. I believe all of us are here on this planet with the same job to transmute pain into wisdom. This is from today's guest, Deborah Silverman, who I believe does this transmute others' pain into wisdom with her magic touch of astrology and also meeting it with psychology. Deborah is a celebrity astrologer, psychotherapist, and writer, and she has had a private practice for over 40 years, hence why it feels as though she really sees you, and probably because when she looks at your chart, she does see you. She gets you basically right away. She read me to filth in the best way. And Deborah has developed a unique psychological spiritual model, combining her expertise in esoteric soul-centered astrology with her extensive education in psychotherapy. And she custom designs her therapeutic approach to each individual. And I love that she just, she simply sheds light on what we may find quirky about ourselves and learn to accept this part of ourselves, feel compassionate about this piece of us, feel peace about this piece of us by simply looking at our birth chart and understanding that this is how our human and our soul simply are and perhaps chose to be in this life and on this planet during this time. So in this episode, we talk in depth about the rising signs and we also talk about stelliums and Saturn, midheaven, finding our purpose and understanding our lessons and opening our eyes to what our human, our soul signed up for in this life. In between, she would read my chart depending on what topic we were talking about. And of course, my multi-Leo self was not going to stop her. <laughs> I relished in it. <laughs> I love being read. But you know, who does it? Whether you're a Leo or not, right? And it's nice to understand more of why I'm very earthy, yet also very fiery, but for whatever reason, have this motherly side as well. Why I'm very practical, but also very spiritual. There's a lot of push and pull and confusion and understanding that this is simply how my human chose to be in this life uh, has given me a lot of compassion. And I think that understanding ourselves fully, our whole chart brings so much self-compassion that we all soul deserve. Also, if you don't know your rising sign, perhaps as she goes into detail, you may find out. I mean, I don't know my parents' rising sign and I doubt I'll ever find their birth time. They're so old. <laughs> My dad just turned 78. He's a Sagittarius sun and a Pisces moon, but I'm pretty sure he's a Leo rising thanks to Deborah going into detail about the risings. And my mom, who is a Aquarius sun and Scorpio moon, I'm pretty sure she's either a Virgo rising or a Pisces rising, thanks to Deborah's detail. Keep people in mind who you know well, you just don't know their rising sign exactly, and maybe this will help. So this was such a powerful reading. 
bring a powerful episode and conversation. And it's also nice to talk with Deborah, someone who has done this for over four decades. You know she really understands this stuff. There's still so much life to experience. And so it's amazing to learn astrology from someone who has seen it all for the past over four decades and probably has talked to thousands of people and read their charts and see the parallels between other people's charts and the life they live. So that's pretty phenomenal. So she's a go-to astrologer for me now, I must say, because there's just nothing that can substitute someone's time and wisdom. Deborah is a powerful force, you can tell, and she's so bright and sunny. Anyway, she also has a free astrological immersion that's intended to help you level up in 2023 and learn about your divine destiny with an abundance of Deborah's brilliance. And she also has some special guests coming on. And so this free virtual therapy Therapeutic astrological experience will help us learn how to ditch that sneaky saboteur and lead into life-changing growth and self-love. So I left my special affiliate link in the show notes. So if you do decide to sign up for this free immersion, I'd love for you to use my link. And then I also left it on my site, yourownmagicpodcast.com slash sponsors, and you can scroll down to the affiliates. Anyway, with all that said, I hope you enjoy the rest of your 2022 or if you're listening to this in 2023 I hope you're enjoying the beginning of the new year (laughs) and now I believe it is time for us to let the magic begin shall we I'm so thankful to have you back on the show. It's been a minute. You're one of our very first guests. It's like a time travel machine. I can't even believe it's been that many years. Full circle, full circle. I'm obviously so beyond happy to have you back on the show because I remember how you definitely read us well. And I was like, okay, there's something to this. So I actually started to get into astrology a bit more. So complex. It's one of the most complex systems. Not the way I teach it. I make it super easy, but I appreciate that it's a vast topic. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. Remind us the catalyst that made you realize that you would love to be an astrologer for a living. And how long have you been an astrologer? It's embarrassing. God, I'm an OG. I call myself an OG. I started 45 years ago. Is that crazy? That's a great thing. Yeah. It's just a symbol or a statement. It's a statement that says, my destiny came to find me, took me by the neck and sat me down and said, you. And I was like, it's kind of like you with your podcast. Like, you're like, okay, I guess they want to use me. And who would argue with spirit? I can't argue. It started way back when, and I became a professional astrologer because of a dream. It's such a bizarre story, but I was very strongly directed that I was acting stupid and that I'd been an astrologer for many lifetimes and to stop acting so dumb. That's what they told me in the dream. And I woke up, like sat up in my bed and went, stop acting so dumb. And the next day I started charging. <laughs> wow. Good for you. As you well, should. I bet, as you should. To you. I bet it's similar to you. Like when destiny, because clearly your destiny is to communicate and it's right here in your chart. So right. it doesn't surprise me when people tell me stories like mine, where you're like, oh my goodness, they didn't give me a vote. They just clearly, <laughs> I signed the deal before I even got here. I just couldn't remember. That's exactly how I feel. I don't know how this ended up happening and manifesting, but, and I, I don't know why, sometimes I'm like, why am I still doing it? But at the same time, I know why, and I can't stop. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Also, you have a very unique approach to astrology, which I find fascinating. What is your psychological, spiritual model? Yeah, well, because Carl Jung, people don't know this, that the very first time the word psychology began was in the 1930s when Pluto was found. That recent? There was no thing as a psychologist until 1930s. They didn't have... They didn't have a word for the unconscious. We never knew. I mean, the indigenous cultures knew there was an underworld, Mm -hmm. but we Mm -hmm. lived in a land where we only dealt with the surface. So the entrance of the unconscious mind brought to you by Freud, 1930s, when Pluto was found, Carl Jung, no one knows this, his ally, they were two people starting psychology, was an astrologer. So he quoted that psychology would be a dinosaur science until it included astrology. Like there was no function for psychology without the inclusion 
of the spiritual promises that we can't remember. Well, <laughs> like, so interesting. Why do you think they buried this? It's part of, partially because of the religion that religion said, please do not use your own knowing. We're going to give you in directions and instructions. And there's only one source and that's God. And I don't argue with that, but there's also other sources called stars and they are a perfect airtight system. I mean, it's been amazing to me that throughout my entire career, because I came to it as a slightly as a skeptic, I was like, is this stuff real? I worked with clients because I was in graduate school studying psychology and people would come in for sessions and they would just tell me everything wrong with them, which I'm sure anyone listening to this, if I asked you to give me a list of your stupid personality quirks, you'd have a long list. But what I do as an astrologer is go, hold on a minute. That's not a stupid personality quirk. That's a part of your character you can't figure out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then I reestablish like the divine impulse of your soul in no uncertain terms had a promise. And you may not be able to remember it, but if you look at the evidence of your life, it speaks for itself. Like you, for example, have this unbelievable relationship with earth. You're very grounded. You're very good at getting things done. You're very responsible. You're on time. That's built into your chart. And when you understand it's not, because I could see if I were you, you can get very critical of other people when they're late or when they're not responding. You're you're like, what is wrong with these people? Am I right? (laughs) Am I right? Somewhat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhat, somewhat. I, I don't think I'm too overcritical, but yes, I am definitely somebody that prefers being punctual. And, um, but I feel like maybe it's because I've done this podcast for so long. So many people are late that maybe I've just gotten used to it. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So the good news is you've got a generosity. Your chart is very loving, but, no, but if I was looking at your chart in the purest um, sense, what I would say is there is a quality of clarity that you operate with that when others don't have it, it's confusing to you because it's so natural for you to know what the right thing to do is and be follow through and take care of it. Am I right or right? Spot on, spot on. So then when someone else doesn't, this is the personality quirks that everybody comes with in this world. We have ways of being that are so specific about our way of personality. It's, It's almost like if we had a description that came with us when we were little, like if it came with the box and your mom would say, okay, so we know that Raquel has this very strong, passionate desire to make a difference in the world. Then your mom would have said to you when you were little, honey, people aren't going to be like you. Don't worry. This is like my fantasy. What would it be (laughs) like if, if moms could know their child on their child's terms and facilitate that kid's natural rhythm without imposing what the parent thinks the kid should have done. I love how so many people are becoming more open and even fully indulging in astrology today where, I mean, I have friends who have kids and they look at their kids' charts right away. They make sure to take note of the exact birth time the second they're born. And I so love that for the child. Can you imagine if you're, I mean, I always think about this. What would I have been like if my mom would have understood? Mm-hmm. Oh Life would be a little different. Life would be, there'd be a little less trauma maybe. hundred <laughs> percent. And this is why my passion this lifetime is to bring to people the gift of understanding your kids. If there's one really important function of astrology at the beginning level, it's that your, your kids, your family, your spouse, the people that you're closest to, if you knew their character from the divine, seen through the eyes of astrology, people would be so kind. When we're looking at our chart or when you're looking at our chart, I'm curious, what is the first thing that pops out at you? That's such a great question. So as an astrologer, first things is you study. I have a school that makes it really simple. We do little bite-sized bits over six weeks. And at the end of the six, and it starts every January, the doors open and every September. And you start off in the class learning your elements. And then you learn about the way you think, because of course the mind is the critical character that ruins or succeeds your life. And then you learn about your life lesson and your shadow. It's a quite an interesting class. And But then once that finishes, you get to the second level where you start saying this question you've asked, how do you look at a chart and how do you interpret it? What is the standout? And I am a very right brain personality type. So I'm looking at your chart. And the first thing that stands out as soon as I look at it is you have five planets in earth which is excessive. But I would immediately say to you is, listen, you have to get things done this lifetime. And while you might accuse yourself of being lazy, or you think you move too slow, or you're not productive enough, it's not true. Oh my gosh, you're reading me to felt right now. (laughs) So so that would be a simple, because I'm working on a book right now. I've just signed with an agent and the book is all about 
the book, it's my second book. The first book, The Missing Element, was just the elemental conversation. But this next book is exactly what you're asking. Like, when you look at a chart, what are you supposed to be able to pay attention to to activate the insight that could change your life? Like what I just said to you, knowing that you have five planets on Earth and you live with pressure that you should be doing Mm -hmm. more all the time or that you shouldn't be doing this, whatever your shoulds are. I'm sure you get a list. And then I get to say to you, this is a standout characteristic of your chart that by the way, suggests a purity of heart. Like you're asking that question, should I be doing more? Should I be doing less? Should I, because you're so sincerely committed to getting shit done. So, but what I want to say to you is the pressure for you to keep moving and to get caught in speed and to feel compulsive is going to ruin your fun factor. Oh my gosh. That's the kind of little insight that will take somebody's life. If they, if they finish a session with me and at the end they go, wow, I am so impatient. And so I'm (laughs) always feeling pressured that I should be, that is so true. Now, how will I medicinalize that? I made that word up. How do I remedy that? And then my answer for you would be, because you have no air in your chart is you have got to journal and then tell your, and read it out loud. It's not enough to journal for you. And then you're going to catch your critical self because you don't even know you're doing it and the pressure that you're under. And then you get to revalue. What am I doing? And it changes everything. I so appreciate this practical advice. And that was actually the first time I learned I didn't have any air in my chart was from you. You were, like I said, the very first one that introduced me to the complexities of astrology. I only knew what my sun sign was. Let's just put it that way. And maybe my moon. I don't know. But you introduced me to houses and the different degrees. And I was so confused. And now I'm understanding a little more and more. I love this practical advice for somebody that doesn't have air in this sign like myself. I've been journaling a lot and it has helped immensely. Exactly. So you guys, everyone has personality quirks. Raise your hand if you have an ego. Oh, look, everyone's raising their hand. Okay. (laughs) So now your ego is called evading God's oneness. It wants to take away the places where you're at peace. It wants you to feel strange and different and separate and out of sorts. And the ego, for some reasons, mission is to create insecurity (laughs) and anxiety and depression. Please, why do we even have that thing? When my son was very little, we were driving in the car and he said, mom, why do we have an ego? And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, that's a good good question. Now let me sit with that for a minute. But it is the essence of astrology is your ego is different than your soul. Your rising sign is your soul. It's called the rising sign or the ascendant. It's the higher part of you. And then your ego is the part that completely conflicts with what it is that would make you feel comfortable. Don't ask me who made this up. My (laughs) job as an astrologer in your case is to aim you for your cancer rising. Like the more you can feel, the more that you can give yourself permission to be calm, to dream, to cuddle, to be at home. It's so contrary to the rest of your chart. I don't know. How is that for you? (laughs) I do lean into my cancer a lot. I've been, I used to be very, before I was on a quote unquote spiritual journey, I used to be very, uh, well, you, you see my chart very just focused on go, 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 like make sure to go to university, make sure to do this, make sure to do that. And then since I don't know, since the podcast, I feel like I've been able to breathe a bit more. And I actually do spend a lot of time just with myself at home. And I also allow myself to feel emotions whenever they arise. And I used to not allow myself, I used to suppress every emotion. And it's just been a total life changer. And I feel like a whole new woman. Suppress every emotion? Most, most emotions that I could. I can see that because guess what? You only have, no, you have nothing in air, but you, did you know this? You only have one in water. Yeah. Yeah. Scorpio, right? No, you're right. Pluto and Scorpio is the only one. So this is the gift that you became conscious of your feeling body and cultivated it. And this is what astrology does. That is your function, by the way. I want to promise that you should be in relationship with people who make you feel so much. Yes. And I feel that totally. Also cancer's water, right? Yes, but it's not a yes. planet. Right. It's not a planet. It's coming through your soul. And this is what the most important part you guys need to hear about astrology. We get so caught when you ask what to look at, we get so caught in the details of astrology and people pretend they know what they're talking about and they go on and on. It's very simple for my system. Is the soul operative? Are you letting yourself work through your rising sign? Because that's the doorway to your evolution. Mm, 
so if there's something briefly you can share about every rising sign since we're on this topic. Great idea. That you what think... a great idea. <laughs> I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add, of course, some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and, of course, a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. And you also might already know of them as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara. And it is a game changer. It is. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formula set the bar high with uncompromising standards. So no wonder their bestsellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews. And what also makes them even more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive. Hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E Medics. Thrive Cosmetics. So it's not just about beauty. I mean, they're truly about giving back. So with your support, they donate products and funds to support communities in need through responsive giving. That's why they've been my beauty obsession since 2020. I've been using their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara since 2020. I mean, this is a magical mascara that lasts all day without a hint of clumping or smudging or flaking. And removal is a breeze as all I need is warm water and a washcloth. Pretty simple. And also here's the best part. The nourishing ingredients in this flake-free tubing formula not only gives you the length and definition that you crave, but also it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's a love story for your lashes. So Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order. And how do you find your rising sign? You want to know it's because it's the based on the moment of your birth in the city you were in and what was on the horizon at that moment. So it is very time specific. It has a two hour window that you could be wrong. It would still be right. Um, But you require your birth time. So the definition of the rising sign is the soul aspiring to a higher ascending to the higher self. And if you're an Aries rising, your higher self wants you to be assertive. Now that's funny because if you're soulful, there's not a natural impulse to stand up and stand out. The soul is always very quiet and watching and concerned about the other rather than the ego. The soul is the opposite of the ego. It doesn't have an appetite for me. It wants you to be okay. So if you're Aries rising, you came in to fight for others. That's what I would add. Like you're going to use that juju you have to really be the assertive one that points at things in life that need to be spoken to. And you might get conflict as a result, but you're built for the job as Aries rising to really use your roof. If you're Taurus rising, you promise this life to go slow and be really deliberate and make simplicity delicious. And it could feel boring, could feel like your soul's not very motivated. Maybe even you'd call yourself lazy, but it's not true. It's just slow and delicious. And who won the race? The turtle. So (laughs) true. you don't have to push, but that people that have Taurus rising feel like, you know, I'm not really that good. Whereas Aries rising, they feel like, God, I have such a bad temper. This isn't good. But it is if you're fighting for the other. And Taurus, it is okay to go slow if you promise to ground us. I have a good friend with Taurus rising who has three children. And I had to say to him, your function is to be a dad. Stop with the business. It's doing fine. Like that was such a relief for him. Like, oh my God, I can go home and take care of the kids and feel purposeful. Yep. Yeah. Gemini rising. I have, it's so funny. There's three of them in the house right now, my kids. Um, These are the people that funny enough, again, the soulful urge of Gemini doesn't really want to talk unless they're being listened to or they're speaking to truth. So Gemini rising is the high level communicator teacher of meaningful content. So if you're a Gemini rising and you're like, I can't relate to this because I don't really want to talk all the time, or I'm so silly and I'm so dippy, I feel like I'm not really being soulful. Wrong answer. You're supposed to be dippy and playful and speak to deep topics. So I had to tell these kids, like, 
it's okay. Like they say, these rinky dinky, they're doing improv in the car all the time. They're in their thirties now. It's getting silly and they're making up stories <laughs> and I'm watching it, but I know that's their soul's urge for the rinky dinky part. And mm-hmm. then, then there's the moments in life when they really go into studying and talking about what matters most. So that's Gemini rising. Cancer rising, which is yours, that your promise this life as a cancer rising is to be at home. So the rest <laughs> of your whole chart screams, we have to get shit done. But your soul said, I just want to care for people. And I want to be in a sanctuary. I want to create a safe space. And that feels like it's not very productive. Is that true? Yeah, but that also at the same time simultaneously resonates. Yes, like I had chills when you said this. And I do, I am a homebody and because it feels good, it feels right. That's permission to follow what feels good. The function of cancer rising is that your body is supposed to tingle. And if it's not tingling and you're not feeling good, your emotional body's all twisted, you've got to stop everything and go back to your body. So true. I used to also travel a lot like what in my late 20s uh, mid to late 20s I was traveling all over the world which I don't regret but I remember feeling such a call to go home though I wanted to ignore it because I was like no I need to travel I need to go live life I need to do blah 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 and then when I went home it just felt so right I love that that's that's a classical story of a 20 year old whose ambition is to be wandering where there's lots and lots of millennials, including in my house who want to travel for their life. But if you're cancer rising, you need to know where home is and you need to play house wherever you go and take your suitcase and unpack it and make little rituals. Yes, yes, yes. And I do now. And I do now. That's so wonderful. And Leo rising (laughs) is now Leo's a really funny rising sign because the soul of a Leo does not want to show off. The soul has no appetite for attention. In fact, quite the opposite. So Leo rising is like, oh God, why do I have to be the one showing up? Because from the soulful point of view, you're here to light us up and to give Mm -hmm. us inspiration, even though it feels like you're taking up too much space. That's not true. You came in, even though you'll resist this, to be the shiny one in the room. Hello, double Leo over there. And give (laughs) permission to get a little more excited and make sure you turn the volume up. So my very best friend has this, and she does every year an Easter party with two to 300 people outside. And when she first started, she had that megaphone thing where every the eggs are over. And she would say to me, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, this is your soul, I'd say to her. This is not a problem. You are the party maker. You want to give all the presents out. And even though you feel resistant, do it anyway. Ooh, okay. Now I have a another question. Let's say someone's listening to this and they had a cancer sun and or moon and they were listening to my rising and they resonated with that. And or also someone has a Leo like myself, sun and moon. And it's like, it's like, okay, so that Leo rising, that's their soul. Whereas for myself, it's my ego wanting that. Exactly. You got it. So you're going to have an instinctual, nothing's wrong with the ego, by the way. I, it's my good friend. Right. I, I'm kind of cute. <laughs> But the thing is, <laughs> yes, that's my ego. But the thing is, the ego put in its seat by your soul. So your cancer should be leading your life. And then it will consult your Leo and go, oh, today you want to get all dressed up and you want lots of attention. That's good with me. But if there's not a dialogue going on and there's conflict, like what happened to you in your 20s and you left your cancer rising behind, the body, the rising sign is the body. The body will scream at you whatever it needs to to get your attention. And that will come through, in your case, it will be through your stomach. The body part of the rising sign is where we get activated. Yep, that, yep, 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 yep. (laughs) My stomach is definitely where I activate. And so for Leo rising, it's going to be their back, or it's going to be their hair, or it's going to be like their their self-consciousness around the way they look. And so they have to get over that because the soul doesn't care what anyone else thinks. The ego does. But the soul yeah. is simply interested in closing its eyes. That's what the soul likes to do. Mm. Okay. Then comes Virgo rising. Virgo rising is the physically the most beautiful looking. Yeah, they yes. have incredible gift of physical beauty. It is the most physically attractive rising sign there is. The people that are always um, like everything from Marilyn Monroe to Elizabeth Taylor. They, they yeah. are always the um, beautiful classical Doris Day, like those women you look at and you go, that's just Julie Andrews. Like, why do you look perfect? That's Virgo rising. <laughs> but the right. thing one is they are very self-conscious. I did a whole bunch of, of models from Vogue magazine as an astrologer. They brought me in and they were so many Virgo risings and they all told me the list of things that were wrong with their body. I was like, excuse me, that mold you don't like 
is what makes you stand apart. So permission for Virgo rising as a soul to accept the way that they appear and furthermore, to close their eyes and look in the mirror and see their soul, not their physical presence. Ooh, that's I love that's, that. That's the depth of Virgo at their high level. But good luck. It's not easy, Virgo rising. Libra rising. <laughs> they came in this lifetime to be completely confused by relationships. And while they're completely fascinated by them, they are the student of harmony and disharmony and getting along and being alone and then being with someone and then getting along. And so it's confusing as a soul that rising signs committed to the wishy-washy game. And as a personality type, as an ego, that's so confusing. Like, you have to help me. Am I supposed to be in it or not? No, you're supposed to be in the conversation. That's what your promise was this life to study it and talk to us about it and try it all on. Interesting. Do you think a lot of them become psychologists or do something in communication with other people? Yeah. You're talking to a Libra rising right now. <laughs> okay. There we go. Ding, 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 ding. Good catch. Yes. That was <laughs> Interesting. Scorpio risings have an inc- the most incredible gift of focus. They have the stick it to itness that no other, like as a soul, the only Alice Bailey, the esoteric teacher I studied with said, Scorpio is the only sign that will destroy its ego in the quest of its soul. So in other words, it doesn't care if you like them. It doesn't care if they get approval. It doesn't care if people want to be around them. They're so committed to their authenticity, their intensity, that they'll sacrifice their approval. It's very big. So they have the gift of focus and they can get things done like no one else. I hire Scorpio Risings because they just can't stop till they're done. That's interesting. When you hire, do you double check people's birth chart? Are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's 50 people in my company and there's not one that I don't know their chart. That's great. That's great. And are most of them Scorpio risings? Most of them are Capricorn or Scorpio rising. Those are the two that I picked for to hire. Smart. Very smart. <laughs> the last three assistants I've had were all Capricorn rising. Yeah. It's very important. And Scorpio rising's gift is intensity, whether their ego likes it or not. Their soul loves to be that person that keeps mm-hmm. their cards close to their chest, that stays the course that focuses and doesn't really care what you think. I love those people. They're a little scary. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And then Sag rising, what, you know what? You're going to love this. When I do C-sections, when moms call me and say, I need to make a birth time for my baby, what would you suggest? And they have a choice. I always make them Sag rising because this soul came in to laugh for oh. some their whole lifetime. That's the essence of luck. Like, you know, Sag is the luckiest sign in the Zodiac and luck means living under correct knowledge, which is laughter and humor is the answer to every question, but not everybody can do that. If you're not Sag rising, you don't have that natural instinct to say, oh, it's okay. It doesn't matter. I just turned that sad heart broken story into a real chance for me to learn about healing, like everything they turn positive. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) How do you do that? Oh my gosh. So they're just, they're, they're happy, joy, happy, go lucky. It sounds like. Yes. And they indulge and they're bigger than most people and they eat more. They usually have a weight problem. They just say yes to everything and they play really hard and they spend really much. And that's a soulful, upbeat character that it's a little louder. There's no volume knob on them, but permission. So you can imagine if it's a cancer with Sag rising, how confusing that is. And then my job is to aim them towards their rising sign. Right, right, right. And so when people have opposites, like myself or somebody with a cancer, uh, sun and or moon, which by the way, I want to talk about moon soon, but um, opposite of their rising sign, there's just a whole lot of paradoxes and complexities in their life. Exactly, you named it, yeah. Mm. And then you learn how to dance with that because opposites can become really good friends once you're aware of it. It's only when they're polarized that- we right. get so confused. Should I or shouldn't I? I don't know what to do. When you start to learn astrology, you go, oh, I'm supposed to be confused. Well, that makes sense. And it makes it much nicer. You know what? Knowledge really is power. And it does bring a lot of peace. Totally. Like totally. all of a sudden you telling me this brought me more clarity because I've been very confused on what I want my next step to be. And I thought it was one thing, but now I'm leaning towards something else simply after this conversation. I love that story. And by the way, I don't know if you know this, your progressed moons in Libra. Did you know that? Mm-mm. So there's one, we won't do this today, but there's one indicator. Hay House is just hiring me to produce this beautiful product with the progress moon. It's one indicator that describes the phase you're in and you're in the phase of Libra. So making decisions is not your strong suit for the last year. 
Yep. Amen to that. I have been going back and forth and I'll say one thing, feel committed to it. Then suddenly I'm like, eh, maybe not. No, it's so not like you. It's so not like you, but that's the breast moon. That's what's going on right now. Oh my gosh. This actually brings me a lot of peace because I was feeling so off. See, and that's the gift of stress. So as soon as you finish a session and a really good astrologer, which I have certified astrologers that I do matchmaking with people, I look at your chart and fix it up to them. As soon as you see that somebody's going through a progressive moon in Libra and you start the session by saying, you probably feel a little crazy because it's not your nature to be this yeah. indecisive. Yeah. And then there's permission. Ugh. Well, I'm giving myself the permission right now and I am going to, what, how how long am I going to be in this Libra moon another, phase? You have another um, 13 months, another year. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's oh. what but here's the upside. Your artistic sensibility has been up and your yeah. creativity is far greater. So that's the upside. Okay, good. I love to hear that. I'm going to take advantage of that. That's right. Okay, let's keep going. So we were on set. Let's do Capricorn yeah. Rising. I love Capricorn yes. Rising so much. They're so hard on themselves, though. I, I have a lot of compassion for them. They This is a soul who cannot not get things done. They're, they're driven. Right. And, and they're so good at it that everyone leans on them. So this is one of the harder um, rising signs for them. But for the rest of us, like they have a hard childhood. They usually have an oppressive parent who they didn't get what they needed. It was severe. And then they become the parent and then they become everyone else's parent. And then they wonder why they're always the designated driver. Well, that's the soul's contract. But for good news is, boy, do they accomplish and are they, I just hired my, um, it's so funny. That's what I hire Capricorn Risings because you can absolutely count on them, but you have to compliment them because they have a really hard time taking compliments. And they never think they're doing enough. Really? Even though they're perhaps some of the most reliable humans. Yeah, you have shades of that flavor. You get caught in not thinking you're doing enough, which is crazy. (laughs) Yep. It's crazy. Okay. And then Aquarius rising. These are the people in the Zodiac who, um, it's a tricky rising sign because they are one, unbelievably socially competent. Like they're the mayor. They're the best friend. They're the person you want to to school with the person you want to sit at the table at the party with because they're going to know everyone so they have this excessive social ability and at the worst they lose themselves and as a soul they can feel like they've got worn too thin like why am i always the person that everyone tells everybody to and why am i always but the high road of them is they are the futurists they are the people that are bringing us style so aquarius rising is the artist strong strong gift of creating endlessly creating yeah there are, I always think Aquarius, unique, eccentric people. Yes, yes. They are the most eccentric. Listen, you know what the word is? A queer is us. <laughs> I love that. A queer is us. Yes, I mean, yes, I mean, yes. And the planet that rules them is Uranus. I mean, come on, Uranus. Mm-hmm. Who makes this? That's so Aquarian. <laughs> and then last but not least, and apparently this is the, the the least amount of people born is during Pisces rising. I read once. I don't know if that's true, but Pisces rising, people that are hypersensitive, they lose their focus. They are souls who are so interested in astrology. They love this stuff. They love woo-woo. They love mediumship. They have a gift. But their difficulty is because they're so soulful, they tend to not have a strong enough ego to see their own value. So they suffer from lack of self-esteem or wishing that they were different or being a little self-conscious. Mm-hmm. hypersensitive is another way to put it. So, but the soulful part of them is that is their gift is the compassionate sign that feels for like, I think Jesus was a, a Pisces because there was fishermen everywhere, but it's the, right. it's the, the other cheek. It's the love your neighbor. It's love your mm-hmm. enemy. Like, so they have tendency as a soul to be hypersensitive. I bet there are some Pisces risings listening to this podcast right now. I feel like a, some are drawn to this because I've I've asked before, what are your signs? And I've seen a lot of Pisces. Um, maybe it was risings. That would be so interesting to see who Wouldn't listens. It? Yeah. Right. Podcasts are usually Pisces love to wander. If they can stay the whole time and not get distracted, good for them. <laughs> I have another question about risings as well. How does the house influence our rising sign? Right. So the the rise, good question. The rising sign always establishes the first house, which is another way to say your rising sign describes your body. So cancer rising, by the way, is one of the strongest constitutions you can have physically. Hmm. Like you are very resilient while you're sensitive in your gut, you are bounce right back. Like you have this kind of, is that true? 
Yes, very, very true. I do bounce back. So the rising sign is the body. And so whatever is on that first house cusp describes mm-hmm. your physical appearance, describes yes. the way the world sees you as far as a body type. It yep. can People have been able to look at the body types and be able to say your rising sign. I'm not so good at that, but that is a skill set because it comes with a particular you know, every sign rules different body parts. So that's the clue. Yeah. Do you mind going through the body types or is that just a, sure, a too no, much? Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. That's easy. Aries is the head. So they often, they can be Aries rising can get headaches or they can be very strong headed. Taurus mm-hmm. rules the throat. Their sensitivity is their throat and their tonsils and their singing voice. Gemini is the arms and the lungs, and they can often have lung issues, not easy for them to um, clear their lungs and they have problems with bronchitis, whatever. Cancer mm-hmm. is the breasts and it rules um, the reproductive, like it's it's the mothering image. So cancers can have a problem yes. with weight and they can have a problem with their sensitivity with their stomach. It also rules the stomach and the breasts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Leo is the backbone and their hair, the spine. We talked about that. Virgo is their um, bladder. I always think Virgos can get pissed off. And then uh Libra is the kidneys. So they these are like sensitivities in the body. Scorpio is yeah. the genitals. So so the genitals being that you can have female problems and you can have a hypersensitivity doesn't mean good or bad. It just gives you the clue. Sag is the thighs and the basically the legs. Capricorn is the knees and Capricorn rising often have knee either strength or weakness. And then Aquarius is the calves and uh, the ankles. And then Pisces is the feet. Pisces rising can have feet problems. It's really classical. Interesting. I mean, and it really, it's, it's kind of crazy. The truth about the body being related to the, to the rising sign. Wait, which one's back again? Leo. Leo. Okay. Because my dad has back problems and he does come across as a Leo rising, but yes. Yeah, so cancer, as far as my own personal, I definitely, I have a very large breast. I definitely have yo-yoed in weight many times, been on both ends of the spectrum. Now I'm in a happy medium, like a happy middle place, but I still have the large breasts and those will not go away. That's exactly right. That's classical. That's how you know cancer rising. So it's the generosity of giving is a symbol. You are a natural nurturer. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 That is very true. Everybody thinks that I, um, yeah, be their act like the mother. Well, I even mother my parents sometimes and I don't mean to, it's just my nature. <laughs> I totally get that. I love having cancer rising. So are you kidding? No. They, my very dearest friend, she works on all of my projects. Cause when you ask her over to your house, she just immediately starts cleaning the kitchen. <laughs> Oh, yep, yep, yep. Definitely want to take over and help people in that way. When it comes to like, when I had roommates, I would definitely be the one cleaning the kitchen, doing the dishes, cooking, but just because I love to, but also I, I am 32 and I don't have children, but I recently just got a dog and I realized I needed him because he's really nurtured my mother instincts. A hundred percent. And that's the value of knowing the rising sign. It's if as an esoteric astrologer, it is to me the most important of all is the rising sign. And so people yeah. don't know that because you ask that question, what do you look at in a chart? You look at the elemental distribution. Like if someone has like you an excessive amount of something, yeah, you want to give them permission. You want to explain it to them. Like, you know, not to mention you have five planets in earth, you have four planets in fire. So you just, you, God, you get things done. <laughs> And speaking of having excessive, what can you talk about stelliums and their significance? Yes, that's such a great question. Um, <laughs> you're so good at this. So there's so stelliums, three planets or more in the same sign or in the same house. So it doesn't oh, have to be the same sign. Yes. And all that tells you, and you have three planets in Leo and you have three planets in Capricorn, is it, and I don't have three planets in anything. So it's not everyone has it. Um, hmm. It describes a theme. So if somebody has, in your case, you've got four planets in Leo. So that's really a bigger than just three stellium. And that describes someone who is promised this life to delve into that flavor and get to know it in all of its ranges. And there's always a high road and a low road to every sign. They don't tell you that. So the low road, obviously, of Leo, it is their ego. They forget. But the high road is, oh, my God, we get so excited as soon as you walk in the room because it's a party ready to happen. (laughs) We're not going to be bored when you're around. You're going to de- like, look at this session today. Look at this interview. You, you've got chi and it, it's, a, it's um, contagious. You walk in the room <laughs> and we're all like, oh, I want to play with her. That is so sweet. But also I feel like there's thing, there's something that also tells me there's no way that people see this in me. 
That's your Mercury in Virgo. Okay. That's, that's, the second, <laughs> that's, why, that's why it's a second class because your mindset, your critic, your yes. internal dialogue, which by the way, I have a strong feeling you don't even realize how much your critic is there. You don't think it is, but it is. And oh, what, I believe it. We call it the observer. And that's what my first book, The Missing Element, was all about the observer. Like if I can get you to step out and see yourself from a distance, said the astrologer, all of a sudden those funny, quirky, like it happens to me all the time. I watch my, like I'm, you know, getting older. I'm headed towards 70. It's so crazy. And I, and as I've aged, I look at myself now with this big smile on my face, like Deborah, you're so cute, you little jerk. What'd you say that for? But I, I mean, I don't, I'm not mean when I say I'm a jerk, but I have this humorous observer now that can watch me and I hardly ever get mad at myself anymore. But what you can do, what you can do with the observer is think of it as you're reparenting yourself. And if you had the voices and you have a bad case of this, I'm sure you've managed it. But if you have mm-hmm. the voices in your head that have should attached to them, or they look in the mirror in the morning. It's such a gift to be el- to be an elder because now you realize why do you think we make love with our eyes closed? Why do you think we meditate with our eyes closed? The important things in life, the baby sitting on your breast when you're just being in that amazing, exotic, yummy space, you are in bliss, and it doesn't matter what it looks like. That's so, so, so true. And no, I have yeah, might be slightly better at managing it, but definitely far from perfect. <laughs> and yes, my no, it's a, listen, it's a never ending game. And that's the gift of astrology. Yeah. It's not yeah. like it comes and it goes and then suddenly it's gone. It's, it lives with us. And the beauty is such a beautiful thing that as the years go by, it becomes kinder and kinder. I become kinder and kinder. Mm, so beautiful. So beautiful. I have a lot of compassion. We are built to hurt ourselves. I don't know. I'm right. This book that I'm writing, I got this brand new line that I've just completely fallen in love with. I'm going to find it for you. The, the, the hardest part I think is we're built to not appreciate or not understand why it is we're so quirky. And once you realize that you're not wrong, nothing's wrong with you, that the nature of the beast, the nature of this whole experience is you have to get it wrong to get it right. Yeah. Why didn't they yeah. tell us that right from the beginning? You have to get it wrong to get it right. Like, well, you wish, wish you would have told me that sooner. That is so true. And also to know that our quirks are simply just part of us. So it's not even something to frown upon. The whole point of coming to this planet is to learn. It is the heart. It's like the classroom in the universe. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, am I a good student? Like, even if I get the wrong answer, do I go back and try again? Even if I break up and that heartbreak occurred, do I open my heart again? Even if I realize that I'm getting lazy, do I have the motivation to start again? And that's the question. Because if you do, said the elder, I swear it gets so much better. Uh, oh, did you find that quote, by the way? That I'm you looking for so cute. You're so okay. <laughs> is like so like you're on it (laughs) um but i'm thinking about those listening a lot of people are always wondering okay what is my purpose or what should i pursue as a career or work or am i on the right path in my work and how does my chart share this what we would thrive in career-wise work-wise purpose-wise it's so interesting because there's a whole class in level one in the very first class And the class is Saturn because it's the most important question you can ask. What is my purpose? Specifically, not generally. What is my purpose? What did I sign up for? And what is the lessons that I'm learning? And by the way, is there timing that will make me healthier because I can see it coming? So when those seven-year cycles happen, when the Saturn return happens, when life, can I be prepared? And that is the gift. So the question you're asking is, yes, astrology has the definition of your purpose. It's described by Saturn. It's relevant what house it's in, what sign it's in, how it's aspected. So it's not as simple as a short answer. And the Mm -hmm. best part of the whole story is if you're willing to study your life lesson in detail, which is what I've had to do, that's where the compassion comes greater and greater and greater. And oh my God. So it's as simple as saying, it comes in four elements, water, air, earth, or fire. Here's the shortest version. If your Saturn's in water, Cancer, Pisces, or Scorpio, and you can go find out where is my Saturn, that mm-hmm. means you came in this life and you promised that you would deal with your emotional body and that mm-hmm. you would not skate over it and freeze it and turn it into ice, but that you would w- ride the wave. Now, that's not easy to be a highly emotional being 
and wonder why you're depressed or why you feel so sensitive or why you don't want to be around people. But this is the promise you made. If your Saturn's in error, you came in with this mind and you described it today of, I can't make a decision and I can't figure out what to do with my life. And I can't make a clear distinction about should I be in relationship or not? Or like all that indecisiveness is the life lesson of Saturn in Gemini, Libra, or Aquarius. They are constantly curious why they're different and why they can't fit in. And that's your promise to, to heal that piece. And then if it's an earth, which is what you have Mm -hmm. this lifetime, this is Taurus, Virgo or Capricorn, you promised that you would work with the delight and not with the complaints. So you came in to fulfill the physical reality of manifesting and checklists and taxes and receipts and numbers and spreadsheets. But if you don't like it and you want to avoid that, and you're trying to just skip over all the practical stuff that's boring in your words, it's not going to get your job done. Life lesson is to stop complaining for if you have it in air. Yeah, it's a big wake-up call when you hear that. Fire is Aries, Leo, Sag. And these people came in to disrupt. This is one I have. Like, people are going to get mad at you, and you're going to have a too much energy. Or you're going to shut it off because you're self-conscious and you don't want to be the person that gets in trouble because you're too much. You're too honest. You're too loud. You're too funny. You're too, too, too. If you don't get comfortable with the fact that you're Saturn's in fire and you came in to be a little bit of a show off, a little bit of a drama queen, then you're going to be resisting what you came to do. Please be a drama queen. Please disrupt whatever you want yes, to disrupt. The double Leo. Oh my God. With four plants. It's been the hardest, <laughs> it's been the hardest thing for me. Honestly, I I've hurt myself so much in this life with my, mm. Um, mouth. Mm, that's funny. <laughs> but and at the I same found, time, you probably helped yourself a lot. It's in time, I've become like very aware that part of what keeps us young, and this has been my revelation with Saturn and fire is exercise. So every day I'm either swimming or I'm riding a bike or I'm playing tennis or I'm doing yoga. I realized, thank you. I did a session for Madonna, the Leo. She gave me that gift. She was like, if I don't, I get depressed. And I was like, my Saturn's in fire too. Me too. So interesting. So you're a disruptor. Madonna's definitely a disruptor as well. And you can um, see and what they- happens to her. People get, they fall in love with her and then they don't like her. And then she does this drama. Like she's a Leo. Hello. Yeah. And I found that, I found that line that you wanted uh, that I, I love that came. <gasps> yes, please. Okay. Ready? This is so simple, but it's so true. It's an undiagnosed disease. This human condition, we hurt in order to heal. It makes no sense, but it's so real. Ooh, say it one more time. It's an undiagnosed disease, this human condition. We hurt in order to heal. It makes no sense, but it's so real. It's a disease. Like the very thing of being human is you come in and your mom cried when you got here. It hurts so And (laughs) and when you leave, they're going to cry too, because your mom's going to miss you or you're going to miss your mom. It's, It's this unbelievably difficult thing, the human condition, but I don't know why they never told us. Why? Why do they just teach us two plus two instead of this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I guess there weren't enough wisdom keepers to design the class on. I feel like that's going to change. I think a lot of stuff is shifting. There's going to be disruptors like yourself that, you know, are changing the system. And I, I so appreciate right. that. You're yeah. so right. And the kids are coming in with such inherited past life. Uh. It's so wild. It's so wild how conscious and understanding they are. And they just get this world on a different level already. I'm so thankful for them. I really listen to kids. I bring them very close and I sit with them and the millennials, I I know they get judged so harshly, including you and (laughs) not true. It's not true. You've been inheriting from our mistakes, a very, it's so sad to say this, but a very damaged earth. And I feel bad because I, I I realize now that it is part of the process. I've studied climate crisis with such passion. I've been obsessed for the last two years. And yeah. I've realized there's not much we can do except to find the wisdom to accept the unacceptable and to empower our individual strand of the tapestry with enough vitality and color and uniqueness and passion. You've got all this. It's so beautiful. Your, your example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just such a... <laughs> beautiful example. Like some, you came in this life and you were like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to eat this life alive. That is, that is not a lie. And I've definitely also been the black sheep of the family trying to, there's a lot of things that in their paradigm, they fully believe that I've stepped out of a long time ago. And I just want people to, you know, be happy and not oppressed. 
No, I know. And so the black sheep, which I bet lots of your listeners are the ones that don't fit in. There is exactly what astrology is about. This astrology is permission to remember what you agreed to come more into conscious agreement with what it is you signed up for, and then to take the high road and facilitate an artistic expression this lifetime that doesn't look for other people's approval. And that's Mm. hard for four planets in Leo. My God. (laughs) Oh, that is funny. (laughs) How do you not care what your family, like to love them, but to say, I cannot agree with you. Mm -hmm. And there's so many of us that that happens to. And then the beauty is to stop judging by being the example and saying, you know what, you can believe whatever you want and I'll go with you to church and I'll go with you to, you know, study these things that are not interesting to me. I'll take care of the house the way you tell me for about two minutes and then I'm going home, but I'm willing to meet you where you live. Will you meet me where I live? Yeah. Yeah. Even though I'm not willing to go to church. <laughs> but yeah, just kidding. I do. I do. Cause I have family members. I do. I go to church and I just yeah. look and go, it's amazing. That's true. I could. It's a wonderful exercise. I'm telling you, it's a one because what you're doing is role modeling that you can accept them. Mm, I do like that. (laughs) Yeah. So astrology loves everybody. Here's the news. Astrology is non-judgmental. It loves diversity. The stranger you are, the more it likes you. It's all about getting the language of diversity. I, I just think, I feel sometimes like I'm a cheerleader or something. I was a cheerleader, but I get so excited. <laughs> I get so excited about the thought of people being willing to come study their chart. It makes yeah. me so happy to think that I can give you a language that will free you from judging yourself. And that would change everything. Oh, I love, love, love that. If we can just accept who we are and see that, you know, it's part of us. I mean, the compassion that we can have for ourselves is, you know, it's just immense everything. And the older I get, the weirder I get. So it's just getting easier and easier for me to like, go. okay, Deb, I see now that you're, I'm like a total recluse who loves people. <laughs> they say that youth is wasted on the young. And I see I that. Know. I know. <laughs> um, now I know that we don't have much time, but I was so curious to ask because we were talking about Saturn showing us our purpose, but I'm just curious about mid heaven as yes. well. Great question. So, so that's the shortcut to astrology. There's little things you can do like that. You can look at the mid heaven and of course yours is Pisces. Oh my God. And you have Neptune sitting on it right now. Did you know that? No, I did not. Have you been thinking about wanting to make a film or do anything with creativity around that? There's definitely this moment of creativity and film and cameras. Now I want to write. Yes. I want to write a film or write a script or, you know, write something. You have to do it with your chart right now. You have to do it in spontaneous vignettes. Like don't get caught in structure because you've got so much structure in your chart. Let yourself write, just start making up things and change your mind. And you're in a creative cycle. Okay. But you can't be you can't be burdened by expectations because it'll make you, because that's what happens to you. Yes, yes, yes. And that makes me stop. And then you don't do anything. Yep. Yep. I get nervous. Yep. (laughs) So funny. And that's my love of astrology is I get to give people permission to say, this is the era you it's really an unusual transit you're under. It would be good for you to, to, I'm just looking to see, is it really true today as we speak? Yes, it's exact degree. So you're in a window of time. um, The next six months where creativity is just calling your name and you don't have to do it with structure. You little grand trine and earth. You can just be spontaneous and goofy and just get a journal and get different colored pens and let yourself be whimsical. Ah, oh my gosh. I'm doing this. I'm going to, I'm doing this. I'm not going to have any expectations. I'm letting that go. Yeah. Let the expectations go. Your creativity is just trying to, it's a muse. She's coming to to flirt with you. I love that. Oh my gosh. This actually was Exactly what I wanted to hear. That's interesting. <laughs> this is why I love doing podcasts so much because the person <laughs> the podcast finally gets given to because all you do is give. You're just always interviewing people and sharing your shit. That's all you do. I get to be the elder that says, let me help you, you little Neptune. Just go read Neptune on the Midheaven. The Midheaven is the zenith of the sky. So if the rising sign was the eastern horizon at the moment of your birth, we, we ran outside and at the moment of your birth in the city you were in and saw what was the constellation on the horizon and we called that <laughs> that's what we did dun, 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 dun. yeah we ran out <laughs> don't you get a whistle on that yeah like you <laughs> when I was giving birth and I was screaming at the midwife can you just look at the clock and she was like Deborah would you just be quiet 
<laughs> Did you want a certain exact time for him? Of course. I wanted that baby's birth time exact so I could be able to. Okay. And then the rising sign, or sorry, the midheaven is exactly what was above your mom's head at the moment of your birth. Like what was at the zenith of the sky. Wow. The moment you were born, you were born under the influence of Pisces. So yeah. at the moment, based on your birth time, Neptune is sitting at the exact degree of your midheaven. So it's influencing you. But that's a longer conversation. But the short answer is creativity with no boundaries and no expectations. I would say it's your highest calling. It's the thing okay. it describes the contribution at the highest level at the zenith yeah. that is the flavor of what your career will be. And yours is Pisces. Yeah which is the creative person who wants to write and create. And as you get older, it shows up a lot as we get older. Right, right. Okay, so funny this is mine, is, mine is cancer. And all I want to do is mother people and say, I'll help you redo your mothering. <laughs> it's never too late to have a happy childhood. Let's try again. Oh, I love that. And I do also, I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if she has cancer anywhere because you have a very nurturing presence. I do. And- <laughs> Mars and cancer. Very good. Yes, I have Mars and cancer on the midheaven. Yes, I do. I love it. What's your moon, by the way? Aries. I get a little excited. That's why you and I get along so well. Where do you yes, live? Yes, yes. It's so much fun. <laughs> I'm in California right now. That's right. You I go between California and Utah. I love that. Okay. Well, I'm sending your audience gratitude. Come study with us. There's a couple yes. options. One is the school twice a year. Actually, you know what? This year we're having a summer program for the first time. So Ooh. there's going to be... Yeah, September and January is when we usually start, which will come in, I don't know when this is going to be aired, but the um December 26th. Oh, that's so perfect, you guys. That's exactly the perfect Christmas gift. Oh my god. Yes. So you you just go to my website, Deborah Silverman Astrology, and you can sign up for the school. And then the other thing I do is a program called Tell Me a Story, which happens once a month with 10 women in a circle. It's unbelievable. And I, I facilitate it. writers like you, oh my uh-huh. God, to get started. <laughs> writing and their creativity so oh my gosh what are you kidding me Jeff? okay well we'll be in contact for sure and let me tell you what that how to look that up it's t-m-a-s tell me a story dot c-o and you will see how to sign up and that is my favorite thing to do every month so oh, i want yeah. to do that with you it would completely and people so many people have written books after they took the class it's like a running start like a kickstart are you serious? I've saved all this, by the way. M-A-S.co or the school. And those are my two offerings. You know what? I love how in this conversation, we just went with the flow with whatever. I was going to ask you about 20, turning the chapter of 2023 for everyone. But I think that whatever you shared is what we needed to hear today. And we can do another show. You just call me. That was delightful. I would love for you to come back on anytime. Well, you just let me know because I'm a little busy. <laughs> I know. Okay, sweetie, that was the best. I so enjoyed this and I'm going to carry on and I am so honored. And I saw your beautiful website and the amount of interviews you've done with the most interesting people that I'm included just honored me. I'm so thankful for this conversation. You actually have no idea how right now I'm actually still taking everything in because this was a conversation. I didn't walking into this, didn't realize how much I needed Deborah. Like this was something that shifted me. I have one less quick question. What would you advise the Euromagic listeners? How would you advise the Euromagic listeners to create their own magic? Be yourself. Everyone else Mm -hmm. is taken. There's only one of you. So you can't do anyone else. And therefore, the sooner you fall in love with who you are, the sooner your magic will arrive. Uh, I love it. I love it. Deborah, thank you so, so much. And also where can everyone connect with you? And find you on Instagram. I've got the Instagram. I got the Facebook. I got the TikTok. I got eight thousand people. On. This is ridiculous. Just go anywhere you want, and you'll find me. <laughs> okay, Deborah. Oh my there. gosh, I can't wait for our next conversation. I appreciate you immensely, and right this <laughs> sending so much love to you. Hey, aloha. Have a beautiful new year and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year and all those crazy holidays. I'm so thankful that I was here at this moment with you. I'm so thankful too. Do not forget that my special affiliate link for Deborah's Astrological Immersion is in the show notes or you can go to yourownmagicpodcast.com slash sponsors and scroll to the bottom where the affiliates are. Thank you so much for using that affiliate link, but also thank you so much for your continued support for the show and being a listener. We've had such a wonderful, magical year. So cheers to 2023 being another magical year together. Send them my love, Gemma. 
Yomis, it is time for the outro. Thank you so much for tuning into the Your Own Magic Podcast for the creative and the curious soul. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already to be notified when a new episode is alive. And if you have a spare moment and you feel the nudge to, it would mean the world if you left a five-star rating and review. And I'm looking forward to reading whatever your heart has to say. And feel free to say hi as well and connect with the community by visiting the Your Own Magic Facebook group linked in the show notes. And if you have any future topic ideas or a question that comes to heart you'd like me to cover, then I'd love, love, love to hear from you in our topic box on the Your Own Magic website at yourownmagicpodcast.com. And there you'll also find a membership portal leading to guided meditations by me and some journaling prompts some spiritual or creative tools, and more. And of course, feel free to stop by the new online shop for artisan jewels, trinkets, and more at eyesofaspen.com. And with that said, have a magical rest of your day. Send my love, Jai Ma.